You ready to get spooky, Dan? I'm ready to get spooky. I had to get some themed intro music going, right? Yeah. Call for occasion. I like this one because it's like, it's funky. You can kind of get into it. Kind of get into it. I can really get into it. But it's still got the spookiness in it. So just when you're like starting to get into it, it just drops something. Keeps you on your toes. So it's a little scary. Mmm. Welcome to Holy Hive. We're here. (laughs) It's Halloween week. Holy Hive-a-ween. Let's do it. Um, okay, so this week, let me. Ju- okay, I gotta turn this down now. There we go, levels. All right, this week or today on the show, we're talking about horror movies, both in Utah and online, meaning the ones that we stream. Uh, power ranking of Halloween candies, and how to pass a Halloween vibe check this week. That's right, Dan. Vibeween. We we celebrated Halloween a little bit this uh, past weekend. You had your little Halloween party. Yep. That sounds demeaning. I said you're a little Halloween. Little. <laughs> I know, right? Maybe we can get into that a little bit more as we talk about like uh, what makes a good Halloween tradition. Microaggressions. Can, yeah. Micro- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, microaggressions make for good Halloween traditions. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I mean, in lieu of news, we've got a couple of things that are just Halloween related. So we're going to just try to keep it all things spooky. Today. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, a big part of our, I mean, if people listen to this podcast, they know that we're super into movies and film and uh, Halloween presents a very unique opportunity to dig into horror movies, which we do every year. I feel like, like, do you, do you just like start flipping on horror movies more regularly in October? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You make a, you make a real concerted effort and then it almost like ruins horror movies for you a little bit. I know for the rest of the year for, yeah, the following two months, which is yeah. really sad because there's always so much to get to in October. Yeah, and sometimes you don't really quite hit that, hit the the number you want to. Yeah, and uh, I I mean horror. I, I do think you can watch year round, and I like watching horror movies year round. But there's something about just I I I don't know what it really is. It's just a, I, probably just a mental thing. Like it's, culturally, you know, it's yeah. this time, and you're like, I, I want to get into it. I think that the the leaves changing really, you know. Yeah, I think that, that does the something tone. there. Like if we lived in Arizona or something, and it was just the same palm trees every day. I'm not sure I'm going to be hitting the, you know, the play button as fast on the spooky movies. Yeah. Because it really started like a couple of weeks before October that I was like, all right, we're getting there. We're getting there. And, Uh, uh, you know, sun coming down a bit earlier, just that sort of stuff. It's got, it is definitely a vibe. Yes. Yeah. And it's unlike something like a Christmas movie. Like if you watch a Christmas movie in any other month, like before Thanksgiving, it's kind of like, I think that's like sociopathic behavior. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I, uh, speaking of the Halloween party, um, by the time you and Ryan got there, it was already uh, kiboshed. But for the first little bit, as I was welcoming people into the house, I had Christmas music on. It was, I thought it was like a very funny joke. No one else really seemed to think it was a very funny joke. Did anyone but- even notice? Yeah, my sister noticed like right away. She was just she had a, a confused look on her face. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, like that's that's sociopathic behavior. I would love to one day have a Halloween party that is Christmas themed. Like you have to dress up as a Christmas. That's interesting. Character of some sort. Yeah. For the Halloween party. Okay. You know, could you cheat and go like Nightmare Before Christmas? Yeah, you could. I would accept it. Yeah. Okay. Halloween or Nightmare Before Christmas? Just real quick while we're talking about it. Halloween or Christmas movie? 
I would, it feels like Halloween to me, but I've never seen it oh, all the yeah. way through. See, and I'm, I, I think I lean Christmas because it's about discovering the Christmas spirit. But so they it's also like, have a song that's just like, this is Halloween. Yeah, it's, yeah that's the, that's the, uh, that's the uh, what do they, they call it in, in theater? The, uh, the, 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 the singing townspeople. Like it's the introductory oh, establishing song. I got you. And, and you travel from Halloween to Christmas. So I guess it's more of a Thanksgiving movie. It's kind of the in-betweener, you know? Yeah. Or um, even a New Year's one because it's about transition. Good point. It could yeah. be. It's, the, yeah. <laughs> it's really the uh, charcuterie board of ha- holiday yeah. movies. Um, so while we were kind of digging around looking for news to, and stuff to cover this week, you stumbled upon this uh, uh, website. It's kind of been bouncing around different uh, news outlets. And so this was put together. It's a website put together by the Utah Division of State History collaborating with the Utah Film Commission. Uh, it's an interactive map that shows you which locations in Utah have been used for f- uh, filming locations for horror movies. And they separated them into four different categories, psychological, or sorry, five different categories, psychological, slasher, monster, paranormal, and sci-fi. Which sci-fi? Yeah, I mean, get like, it out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that you had, as soon as I went on the uh, the uh, website, I saw that. And I was yeah. like, is he going to have the same problem I'm having with this currently? It's very strange. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I just like, I started going through the list and kind of making notes of some interesting movies that were filmed in Utah. So let's just kind of go down uh, the list of our findings here. So starting with the psychological movies. Uh, the first one that just immediately stuck out to me was Frozen. Yeah, yeah. Not the Disney <laughs> film, uh, which was made in a, in a computer lab and not filmed on location anywhere. Um, but there's a movie that came out, I think it was 2009, something like that. Yeah, it was around 2010. Then. Uh, a, a movie called Frozen, and this is about a group of skiers that get stranded on a ski lift in the mountains for a few days. Uh, I think it was all filmed at Snow Basin and around northern Utah, but... Um, after doing a little bit of kind of hand waving, like for to get you into the situation that this movie presents, it actually is like a banger of a horror yeah, movie. Yeah, it's like, pretty, it's pretty tense. Yeah, and it's I, I was I was realizing as we were talking, or I was kind of like doing some research about this movie, I realized it would be a great double feature with like Green Room. Yeah, because it is this kind of like super visceral survival horror movie, and it's that kind of horror movie that I love, where you're like, this could be a real situation. Like, there's nothing mystical going on here. This isn't some, like, monster. It's like being trapped in a situation that is just terrifying to think of yourself in. Absolutely. I mean, it's just wildlife and kind of just uh, occupational negligence. By, yeah. You know? <laughs> by the ski lift instructors. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how you get into this, into this situation. Yeah. So one of the, one of the, I'd say one of the few movies that was on this map where I'd be like, yeah, you should watch that. I would recommend that to anyone. Um, House of Fears. I don't know if you, you've probably never heard of this, right? I've never heard of it. No, I I hadn't heard of it um, either, but I did some research and I think this might've just been one of those kind of locally filmed movies. Like it wasn't like a Hollywood thing. Um, but, and I, and the whole thing's on YouTube and I kind of skimmed it and I was like, okay, I'm not watching this, but, (laughs) uh, it was actually, the whole thing was filmed in Rocky point, the haunted house that I brought up on the show before which is like kind of a lost haunted house that I think is really cool. So I guess like before they tore it down, they filmed a movie in it. And so the whole movie is like about a group of people that go into a haunted house the day before it opens. And then I guess it's like a slasher movie from there. Um, <laughs> really silly, but it's a cool document of what that place used to look like and what it was. Yeah. I, I think the one that really, if are we still in psychological, psychological, this yeah. way, I will say one thing about this website 
kind of hard to navigate. It is very when hard to navigate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When I first clicked on this, I thought there was only psychological. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, just, just a lot. I mean, I've not, I've not heard of the mine. Um, no, I haven't heard of that one either. And I, you know, for the most part, I haven't heard of most of these movies. There are some, um, I think psychological, I don't know if you want to put it in psychological, but there are some omissions on here. <laughs> yeah. Well, the one that you brought up to me that I think belongs, I, I couldn't think like a psychological or paranormal. Yeah. I think probably paranormal. I think it's a, it it's a paranormal horror movie mixed with a psychological drama. I think that that's a perfect description for it. And we're talking about hereditary, which is somehow not on this horror movies filmed in Utah list created by the Utah film commission, despite the fact that it's like far more successful than I would yeah. say a hundred percent of these movies. <laughs> yeah. I think if most film critics who, who were like decently into horror movies, uh, wrote like the 10 scariest movies of the 2010s, hereditary would probably be in there. So it's like, why is it not on this, this map? Uh, that's okay though. Uh, Hereditary was filmed around Salt Lake. I think up uh, Big Cottonwood or Little Cottonwood Canyon, some, somewhere. I know or they filmed a lot of in or something like that. Park City Park and City? stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So like where that house like is like yeah up there the wooded kind of uh, area, um, and then uh, around some uh, just like around the Salt Lake Valley. I think most recognizably uh, West High mm-hmm. in downtown Salt Lake. I think that was the one where I was like, oh, okay, I know exactly where that is. Um, there is a scene. There's a scene when she's looking for uh, the Anne Dad Anne Dowd character. I think that's who is in that movie mm-hmm. um, on South Temple. I remember like she's like looking for her house or her apartment oh, or something. Yeah. And she's walking around. And it's like yeah. oh, that's very clearly South Temple. But yeah, I think a lot of it was just kind of a Parley's Canyon up towards Park City and probably Camas. But that was another one. Was uh, Wolf of Snow Hollow was also not on this list. I mean that's yeah. pretty new. But you'd think that that's you'd be you know, a bit fresher on the new stuff. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, and that one came out last year. Um, and yeah, that one was filmed around Camus, one of the better, like, creature features, mm-hmm. which isn't, it's kind of a lost genre of horror. Like, they don't do that. It's mostly, like, uh, any kind house of, right yeah, now. I think any of the creatures that you find are more paranormal, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, that one, really good. Enjoyed it. Um, and I know that, speaking of Ari Aster, who directed Hereditary, I think there was like two establishing shots in Midsommar. Yeah, there <laughs> that were. That were filmed in Utah. I want to say that like the whole beginning part was filmed in Utah, but I could yeah. be wrong. Like before they go out to, to Sweden. Yeah, um, and I, I looked into this and I think they filmed the those like city scenes in New York. Oh, okay. That's why I didn't want to immediately jump and say that. And the only thing I could be like, like sure about was the opening shots of like the snowy mountains yeah. and stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not New York. I mean, I guess it could be, but. Um, no, there's definitely some establishing shots from Utah yeah. in there. Maybe he mm. like got them when he was filming Hereditary. I know, they but... might have been like <laughs> leftover or something, um, but uh, pretty cool. Anyway, uh, in Slasher, so did you not see, the, the, did you not go over to the other tabs when you were looking at that? Yeah, I did. I did eventually. Okay, okay. It just took me a minute to realize what was going on on the website. <laughs> the... Uh, Basically, at Slasher, what you have is, like, three dismal Halloween movies. <laughs> One with Paul Rudd, though, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, like, I so I'm a huge Halloween fan. I, I think it's one of the better horror franchises, despite being, like, uh, five for ten. <laughs> or yeah. Like, yeah. Maybe, like, I'd say, like, four for ten or four for eleven on good movies. Halloween 4, fun rewatch. Uh, Halloween 5 is, like, good for some laughs. Cause it's like, a, it's like a very odd and weird, weirdly edited movie, like down to like 
I remember they had this thing that just kept happening that anytime these two cops would show up, cops who were genu genuinely trying to help the plot, like, hey, we checked out the house, we couldn't find anything. But whenever they walk up to someone, there's like clown music of them like walking. And I'm like, what the hell is going on with this movie? Um, Halloween 6 is like a hate watch where you're just like, I'm just going to watch this to tear it apart. But like you said, Paul Rudd's in it. I think yeah. it was like his first like big. I yeah, I think that, I think um, if I remember correctly, they, uh, in, like it's like in the credits it says introducing Paul Rudd. Yeah, like it was so. like his first major motion picture, which would have been like right before Clueless, I think. Mm -hmm. In, in 90, I think it was in '96. Uh, however, I, I should say this: in Halloween Four, which I rewatched recently, um, one of the locations is Vincent Drugstore in Midvale, um, and that drugstore is also the same one that they buy baseballs from in the Sandlot. Oh. so it's that same storefront. Less of a horror movie, that one. Yes. <laughs> and I know Sandlot is actually supposed to take place in, like, the suburbs of L.A., like Pasadena or something. Mm -hmm. um, and Halloween takes place in Illinois. But I like to imagine a universe in which Sandlot and Halloween take pl took place in, like, the same neighborhood. You know? I love and it. I th and, I, and I thought about it for a second. I think it tracks because Sandlot, that's, we're going deep here. Sandlot takes place in the summer of 62, <laughs> I think. Uh-huh. Uh, and Halloween, the first one, takes place in 78. So the kids from the Sandlot would probably be in early adulthood. And I just like to think that maybe they went to school with Michael Myers. <laughs> <laughs> so like, uh, so like, you know, maybe, maybe a young Michael Myers came walking by the Sandlot and said, Hey, can I play? And they were all mean to him. <laughs> and, and look and what that's, happened. Yeah. And that's what, and that, it's a cautionary tale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think it tracks. I think we could definitely write a crossover to where the Sandlot and Halloween connect. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then there's another one in here called like Friend Request, which is, a, you know, just another one of those movies that I've never heard before, yeah. heard of before. But it it looks like uh, it's directed by someone named Simon Verhoeven, who I was like, oh, I wonder if he's related to Paul Verhoeven. Yeah. And he is related to Paul Verhoeven, but it's a different Paul Verhoeven. <laughs> oh, really? What? <laughs> but also a director named Paul Verhoeven. I was very confused. I thought I was like, oh, is this guy the son of... So it's not the Starship Troopers. It's not. Showgirl it's, Spalding. No, it, it's not. It's a man that died in 1975, but his hmm. name's Paul Verhoeven and he's a director. So weird places that the internet takes you. Yeah. Um, monster movies. Um, I mean, we got two Stephen King movies under our belt. That's pretty cool. That's right. We got the Stand miniseries, which I've never seen. I haven't, haven't either. Had the, had the, haven't had the time. And they just made a new one. I've so seen like, one episode of that one. Any good? I didn't. I've heard it's like kind of dismal. Yeah, I saw one episode. Um, and then Cujo, which I haven't seen. And I think that's one of the, the, the Stephen King cocaine books mm -hmm. that he wrote when he was just, <laughs> he, that, that he says he like doesn't remember writing um, when he was deep in his uh, drug and alcohol addiction, <laughs> which is not a laughing matter. Um, and then, yeah, like we said, Wolf of Snow Hollow, one of the better monster movies. Uh, one of the last appearances by the great Robert Forster, too. Yeah. Too bad. Um, Paranormal. So the only one that really stuck out to me here was Carnival of Souls. Yeah, kind of a legendary horror movie. Yeah. I've never seen it. But. Yeah, one of the classic <laughs> like black and white horror movies. I didn't see it. I haven't seen it either, but I skimmed it and also kind of went through the like Wikipedia. And uh, it's it's actually, I, I, it's on my watch list now because I read through it and I was like, this actually seem, seems kind of cool. And it's kind of like a Twilight zone -y ghost movie, but essentially it's about a woman who visits the titular carnival, uh, a carnival of souls, which is like an abandoned carnival. Like I think she just sees it and then goes into this carnival, and then she's, like, haunted by a spirit. But during uh, this whole movie, she's transitioning to Salt Lake City, 
I think like on her way, she mm-hmm. stops at this, 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 this carnival, this abandoned carnival, which the, the location used for that carnival is the gray Saltaire. Yeah. So, uh, in skimming the movie, there's this really great scene where she just walks through this abandoned great Saltaire and you can see what it looked like back when it was still like an attraction. Yeah. Like before it was like just a concert venue and it was like really cool. I don't know if you saw this stuff on YouTube or anything. No, no, I haven't. Yeah. If you, the whole thing is on YouTube, so you could just like skip skim the movie or watch it on YouTube if you wanted. Um, but as she was walking through in that scene, I was like, holy shit. Like that's, that's it. Like she walks up the staircase that you go up yeah. to like get a beer at the concert <laughs> venue and you're like, Whoa, this is really cool. And, that's history, and, man. Yeah. And it looks a lot different than, uh, it did look a lot different than it does now. I um, believe it's on HBO as well. If you don't want to watch yeah, it on YouTube, if you want like a good transfer <laughs> of the movie. <laughs> um, so I thought that was really cool. And the rest of the movie, takes place in Salt Lake City, like takes place and was filmed in Salt Lake City. Mm. Um, and so there's just a lot of, you know, random street uh, scenes where you can just kind of get a look at downtown around 62, which is just a cool document. Absolutely. Um, there's something called Urban Legends Bloody Mary, which yeah. filmed at the Waikiki Beach Tanning Salon in 2005. <laughs> <laughs> the map is like, okay. very, is, the, is a pretty detailed map. Like the fact yeah. that I can be like, oh, this was filmed at the Waikiki Beach Tanning Salon is is uh, quite something. Yeah, and um, uh, Troll Two was the other one. Oh that I, yeah, I didn't really go deep on because I haven't I haven't seen it. I've seen all the like memeable scenes from it, mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of lauded as like one of those the worst movie ever. So it's fun to watch. Exactly, um, type thing. So Very guess, much a part of like the room conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Anyway, so uh, it's a pretty cool map. Uh, I, I mean, just Google it. You can find it. Yeah, I, yeah, I, would, I would love to give you guys the uh, URL, but it's quite it's, complicated. Yeah, very long. So. Um, anyway, so in keeping, I, I'm just going to jump into the, the streaming horror picks if you want to do that since we're on the subject of movies. Sure. We can just jump right into that. So we decided to browse the streaming platforms and make some quick picks of horror movies that we like that you can stream right now, given you have the appropriate streaming subscription. Um, so, uh, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? You go ahead. Okay. So my first pick, which you can find on HBO, HBO max right now, trick or treat. Very nice. Not on your list. It is, but I get, I put two for each service just in case. Oh, wow. You went deep. (laughs) I just chose three straight out of the gate. You put two for each service. Okay. I like this. So trick or treat, uh, there's like very few horror movies that actually have anything to do with Halloween. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I like uh, Halloween. They actually on the ringers rewatchables, they did Halloween this week and they made like an excellent point in that podcast where they were talking about how this, the Halloween premise was a perfect up for grabs thing that anyone could have just had at any time. And it's kind of uh, the, the whole selling point of it is like, if you saw a guy in a Michael Myers mask, driving a station wagon, a wagon creeping around town on October 31st, you'd probably laugh yeah. and say, oh, that's a that's a funny costume. But if you saw it any other day of the year, you'd probably call the cops. It's, it'd be way freaky. And so that premise is like super great. But Trick or Treat, um, it kind of takes it like a step further where it's, uh, well, first of all, an anthology film, which I love. I love anthology films. It's kind of like in the same vein as uh, Creep Show. Yeah. Um, but it has like, it's and it's, and it's like an adult movie. It's like nudity gore uh it's 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 violent and and really fun but it has like the only movie that i can compare it to is like hocus pocus very playful yeah it's very playful and it like balances the line between scary and cartoonish in a really cool way yeah and kind of takes uh 
uh, inspiration from like the lore of Halloween, like the razor blades and the candy, um, and like uh, uh, trick or treaters that were killed and now haunt, you know, haunt the town. It just has some like uh, really cool stories and really cool scenes and a great Brian Cox. Uh, a great Brian too. Cox, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it's a it's some it's one of those things where like the imagery is almost kind of like transcendent because like I don't know a ton of people who have seen trick-or-treat mm-hmm. outside of like my core group of friends who yeah. all just kind of like horror movies but that like hayseed mask boy yeah um with the 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 sharp sucker yeah. the lollipop yeah yeah he's he, I, I see him everywhere in every walmart store you know what i mean like yeah like they those costumes are everywhere every mm-hmm. halloween so yeah that's a great one I, I i love that movie uh what else did you have uh well so for my hbo max i just put the shining because i mean it's on straight up it's on yeah I wanted to go with one kind of just basic, you know, solid pick. But honestly, like maybe the scariest horror movie ever. Yeah. It's like up there. It's it's one of the original vibes movies. Yeah. Like it's such a vibes movie, Mm -hmm. you know, like there's not, aside from the woman um, in the bathtub, there's not a ton of stuff that like just jumps out as like, oh, that is like really like. Horrifying. Horrifying to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's very much just like this dreadful Mm -hmm. and creepy vibes movie, you know, and. Yeah, you know, that's a that's such an easy one to recommend. So, and there and, and it's funny because like relative to your modern horror movie, it doesn't have that much violence in it. Mm-mm. Like the violence is like kind of reduced to a couple scenes, and then the rest of it is just yeah tension and yeah and mood, a slow descent. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so I mean, what I mean, we can just brush over your other Hall- or HBO. Oh, Pick, so my yeah. HBO ones. I, so I picked two HBO oh, ones. Okay, two. So it's the trigger. It was trigger tree and, and and yeah. Okay, so I'll go into my second pick, which comes from Hulu, and I'm interested to know if you pick this one. I don't know if you've seen this movie though. Uh, so on Hulu right now, you can watch Crawl. I I love Crawl, dude. Yeah. Crawl, and and this is what I, this is another one of those things, the rare creature feature, which, it, uh, I mean, traditionally it's more of like your Frankenstein's and your. Uh, your uh, wolfman mm-hmm. kind of like mystical. This is like real, just, this, just alligators, big old alligator. Yeah. Big old scary alligators. <laughs> so if you don't know, this is about a, 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 or crawl is about a woman who gets trapped in a hurricane uh, that's flooding local houses and streets. And as she attempts to rescue her father, she is stalked by a pack of alligators. So it's basically like everything's flooded. So like yeah. alligators can get into your house willy nilly. And, um, but it's really, it's a tight movie. Yeah. I mean, just, it's in a crawl space. Yeah. Yeah. And it takes, yeah, so it's like kind of has this uh, claustrophobic vibe, Mm -hmm. this fear of drowning vibe. And then also just like, if you're one of those people, which like Ryan is definitely like this, like she hates bodies of water yeah, (laughs) because she just, especially (laughs) once you can't see under, you know, like murky water. And then you feel like, like a leaf brush your foot and you're like, ah, what is, you Mm -hmm. know, it just like plays into that fear so much. Um, Perfectly gory, a lot of tension. Yeah. Good, good Barry Pepper performance. Barry Pepper. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, some of the heart, like, not to undercut the the fear of it, some of yeah, the yeah. hardest I laughed in 2020, because I watched this last year during quarantine sometime, uh-huh. uh, is when he's, like, trying to, like, give her a pep talk, because she's a swimmer, and he's mm-hmm. a swim dad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's, like, giving <laughs> yeah, her pep yeah. talks about, like, swimming away from gators. It's yeah. truly amazing. Yeah. Um, I, had a, I had a Hulu pick as well, and it's just uh, a Dan Lawler staple. It's just Happy Death Day. Oh, this yeah. could bounce from any streaming service, and I would have whatever streaming service it was on, I would have picked it. Because yeah. uh, um, I just love a movie with a gimmick, as long as the gimmick like works. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I love a movie that kind of gets in and gets out. It's mm-hmm. nine. It's like 
over right over 90 minutes it's just like a groundhog day premise uh where Mm -hmm. this woman just keeps getting murdered every day and And upon her death wakes up yeah at the beginning of the day and and just goes through it all over and over again it's hilarious the lead actor in it uh she is incredible and yeah i find her very charming and i don't know if she's really been in much else so Hopefully they make a third one because the second one's very weird and fun. So this is like this uh, the this is like kind of the post horror thing that like Scream kind of set up, but it's not doing the Scream thing where when Scream came out, there was like a a bunch of copycats where like even other franchises like Halloween H two O is basically like a Scream ripoff. And I think Kevin Williamson, the guy that wrote Scream, has produced Halloween H two O, but it's like the Dawson's Creek crew getting murdered Absolutely. you know and it's like and it kind of plays into this meta thing too um and now and i think we did that for a long time uh to the point where it just like went to complete satire and then you get like scary movie and stuff like that but now we're in this thing where it's like okay horror movies don't have to be this one thing where it's just completely scary and um we can kind of we can get into uh how goof we can satirize like teenage life or college life and then mix it into a horror movie. 100%. Or we can satirize genre like the Groundhog Day concept and put it into horror. And Blumhouse seems to be the people that are doing the best with that. Yeah, for um, sure. And yeah, now and now we're getting a lot of these kind of like horror comedies that kind of uh, walk that line. And I guess, I'd say Wolf of Snow Hollow kind of has that a little bit too. I think so as well. Um, but, uh, and another one that I thought of recently was Spree. Did you ever see that? I didn't see Spree. It was not that great, but it was still like an interesting concept of like, what if, with a, what if a Twitch streamer went on a killing spree yeah. essentially? Um, and I had a really good, like Joe Keery performance too. in that mm-hmm. one. Um, but I haven't seen happy death day. I, I think I need to watch it this week. So I'll, that'll be my homework. I'm a big fan. I think that it, you know, it's very, it's got a very, it's got a very tender, uh, very tender soul. I think, Yeah. you know? She's kind of a dickhead in the in the beginning of the movie, and she just has to live with her dickhead choices every day. And, yeah, and you know that'll change a person. So for sure. So there's a there's a growth trajectory with yeah. the characters. You like it. Um, so uh, my last pick comes from my last movie pick comes from uh, Amazon Prime. Okay. And this is a not necessarily a horror movie, but I think it makes for a good Halloween movie. Um, and that movie is The Vast of Night. Did you watch this movie last year? I have year not seen it out? yet. Ugh, Much to the chagrin okay. of a lot of people around no, me. No, it's okay. I won't give you a hard time about it because I haven't seen Happy Death Day. Uh, so yeah, the vast, uh, the vast of Night is like a, it's kind of in the tradition of uh, Twilight Zone to the point where it literally introduces the movie on an old 50s television and the intro plays like an episode of Twilight Zone and then it goes into the movie. But this was a movie that was made independently um, a couple of years ago for like no money. And it'll blow you away to figure out, to see how much this movie was made for and then see the final product of it. Cause the production, the writing, everything is like so top notch. And to the point where I'm like, if, if this guy gets, well, and I, th- I think he is, I think he's kind of, he's a very mysterious character because I, th- I think prior to this, he just made animations for like the Oklahoma city thunder. Oh, interesting. Yeah. He was just like a media guy. And then he went off and made a movie for no money and now Steven Soderbergh is like writing him letters and stuff like that. And, um, but he doesn't like have any social media or anything. He's just kind of a mysterious guy. And I think if they get a hold of him and they get start to give him a budget, we'll see like one of our great filmmakers. That's awesome. Um, cause if you compare it to like a lot of people's first film, you're like, damn, this could have been someone's third film. Um, but it, essentially it's about, uh, a radio DJ and a, this takes place in the fifties. So some of these occupations are dated. 
um, a radio DJ and a uh, telephone operator. So back in the day when you like you had people calling, calling an the operator, switchboard and yeah, stuff, yeah. they have to actually switch the lines. So it's a switchboard operator, and uh, um, they pick up on it on a signal that could be extraterrestrial. And they kind of it's like one of those like all in one night movies. Mm-hmm. And so they spend the night trying to figure out where it's coming from, and it leads to some pretty crazy places. But it's one of those total Twilight Zoney kind of vibe movies. Yeah, and I've heard nothing but really good things about it. So good. A lot of what you've said in terms of like, oh, it's just like really, really impressive. Yeah, very impressive. And I think if you're not the kind of person that's like into the super gory stuff, you're not into the super jump scary stuff, and you just kind of want like a spooky mood, Vast of Night is a really, really good pick. Well, I'll definitely check it out. It's been (laughs) on my Amazon Prime list for quite some time now. Um, It was actually one of the things that I really wanted to finish before 2020 was over, and it just... The list stacks up, so it's it's difficult. Yeah. Um, my last pick is called His House. Have you seen His House? Wow, no. It's on Netflix. Um, it premiered at the 2020 Sundance Film Festival, and it's basically about um, two Sudanese uh, immigrants or refugees kind of like trying hmm. to um, make their way to England um, to seek asylum, basically, because they're like from a war-torn country and stuff. Um and, like, their journey to England is quite treacherous, and it kind of is. So it's, like, this very sophisticated refugee story, I think, mixed with just a very kind of classic haunted house movie. Uh-huh. Um, and I think it's a lot of, I mean, most horror is, like, filled with allegory and metaphor and all yeah. of these things. But it's very clearly, you know, like this, the weight of, like leaving your country and your culture behind and Uh like taking on the guilt of the fact that not everybody else was able to make it out. Like you had to leave family and friends behind and all of these things. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's really incredible. It's, it was one of my favorite movies of last year. It's a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes, which is, I feel like something that's really hard to come by. I can't believe this is something that I just like haven't seen like, or I haven't heard of. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. It kind of just snuck in. It's got Matt Smith in it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Javier Botet, which, you know, like, if he's ever in a movie, it's going to be creepy. He's yeah. He's kind of body actor, special effects actor. He, um, yeah, we watched this on Halloween night last year. This was our Halloween night movie. Mm-hmm. So, great stuff, I thought. Dang, i have to check that out. Um, I do just want to throw out the other choices for the streaming yeah. services. I had The Descent, you know. Of course. Real creepy, yeah. claustrophobic shit going on, mm-hmm. um, even without the creature stuff going on, which is also in there. And then Mandy yeah. on Shudder. I mean, if you have yeah. Shudder, you probably don't need horror movie recommendations. Yeah, but, for sure. <laughs> uh, I made the mistake of st- signing up for a free trial and then forgetting to uh, cancel it, so I just got charged, like, I think it was like <laughs> $45 for a whole year. Call that the millennial kibosh. <laughs> Worth it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so those are those are the other two <clears throat> that I wanted to throw out. Um, how about TV picks? So, I mean, not movie format, kind mm-hmm. of miniseries or TV picks. Um, this was probably on your list too. Obviously, Midnight Mass, which came out this year. Yep. Yeah. Um, I and I'm I'm gonna probably upset a lot of people by saying this, but I don't know why this wasn't bigger than Squid Game. I guess Squid Game kind of tickled the pop culture a little bit differently. Yeah. And maybe the things in Midnight Mass are a little bit harder to access. Much bit, much more of a slow burn, you know? Yeah, maybe that's it. And I, I mean, I guess I can see that, like, why? But, like, to me, I'm like, oh, man, I wish Midnight Mass was a little bit bigger I than think, it was. I do, too. I think most of what, it, honestly, I think um, what it's got going for it that Squid Game doesn't seem to have going for it is, like, the, the young woman, ooh, that's a sexy priest 
and that's a sexy sheriff. Like yeah. <laughs> on, when I look up midnight mass on TikTok, cause I'll just like, I want to see like people's discussion of it. It's oh, mostly yeah. just like fan cam, like about oh, the yeah, sheriff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I, I agree. Uh, I think it, I think that it was a, a really good, really, really good piece of work, you know? Yeah. And I think it asks a lot of the audience in terms of like patience because it mm-hmm. reveals itself pretty slowly to you. Yeah. Um, and I was very happy that I didn't have any of that reveal like given away in any trailers yeah. or anything. Like I just kind of very organically like went along with the story yeah. and I felt like it was really rewarding. And I would say that's probably the the silver lining in it, not getting as much cultural cultural recognition as Squid Game is that you're probably not spoiled right now. Yeah. As to what's happening. I had to like rush through squid game because people were like trying to like recreate the games on like <laughs> yeah. the internet and stuff. And I'm like, wait, I don't want to see any of this. This is spoiler territory. Yeah. And, um, so uh, yeah, we won't go too deep into it cause we want people to watch it and not be spoiled. But essentially midnight mass is like, uh, about a small town on an Island, very S- Stephen King setting, mm-hmm. small town. You get to know all the townspeople pretty quick. And there's this one church that everyone goes to and the regular preacher at this church has gone on a, uh, what do they call it? Like a walkabout, like yeah. a religious <laughs> trip to Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, while he's gone, a young charismatic preacher shows up and really weird things start happening Yep, when he starts his services. So uh, check that out. Uh, that's from Mike Flanagan, who we really, really love. And that takes us to our next one, which is Haunting of Hill House, also by Mike Flanagan. Great stuff. Or my, my other pick. Uh, I don't know if you had this on your list at all, too. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, 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 uh, I've said this earlier this week that I think Haunting of Hill House is like thirty percent spooky and like seventy percent just emotional destruction. Yeah, <laughs> like the way that movie, and it's it's that it's that perfect thing. It's almost like what you were talking about that his house, how there was it's this scary movie, but there's all this uh, all these allegories about like suffering and. Uh, migrating and things like that mm-hmm. that play into it. Haunting of Hill House has a lot of that in the way that it discusses uh, trauma and grief and loss, but it's so much of like a direct connection that you don't even have to work that hard to no. get, to get yeah. there to make those connections. <laughs> it's right it there. It is like right in your face and it is tough. Um, but probably like it's genuinely one of the scariest haunted house things mm-hmm. ever. I think so too. And it fits like, it's so impressive how it, how much story it fits into Mm -hmm. the story. Like it's telling basically like the story of a family on two different timelines and then telling the story of basically each individual person in that family. Yep. Like it is just a very full. Yeah. It's uh, like extremely mm well-crafted and organized. Yeah. I'm a big, big fan of that show. Um, And then did you have any other TV picks? Uh, I put what we do in the shadows on course. on here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, a, just a delight. Yeah. And then the, the uh, season finale will be on Friday. Oh, there you go. Uh, are you, you, I know you were kind of behind before. I'm not, caught, not up. caught up. Yeah. No. Too much Sopranos, yeah. which I did finish. But, you did? <laughs> yeah, I did finish the Sopranos. So but. did you watch, I mean, this is a completely non-Halloween aside, but did you watch Many Saints of Newark? Not yet. Okay. I just finished it yesterday, so I'm probably going to watch Many Saints of Newark this weekend sometime. Because um, it leaves HBO October 31st. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what we do in the shadows really great and catch up because <laughs> this is it's it's getting bonkers. Yeah. Um, and I think they got renewed, so I'm excited about that. That's good to hear. Uh, and then I I just like put this as another category in our prep, but just like other random spooky stuff that you like to engage with around this time of year. 
Um, did, could, could you think of anything in that realm? Internet stuff? Yeah. Books? There's um, a couple of weeks ago when I landed in Arizona, I had like a push notification on my phone from Spotify, which I don't mm-hmm. get for a lot of things. It's like two podcasts and then like a couple of bands. Yeah. Um, and I was just, I was just uh, notified that one of my favorite bands, Knocked Loose, um, had released a, an EP and they released it as just a surprise drop. It's like six songs and they released it with a short film, which is, I don't, I wouldn't say it's scary or anything, but mm-hmm. like the imagery in it. And it's all just like this one long story basically yeah. is all very dark. It is basically about like a guy whose girlfriend dies in a car accident that while he's driving and then it's uh-huh. just like him dealing with that. Yeah. And it is, um, quite eerie and i i would recommend it if you're not like super opposed to screaming music uh because they do scream a lot that's really cool but it's like yeah it's pretty beautiful it's only like 20 minutes long interesting and then the other thing that i've been i'm I'm determined to finish resident evil village before this weekend is up yeah (laughs) (laughs) i've been playing it since may so yeah (laughs) so it's high time uh and there's no better time to finish it but that video game is genuinely just terrifying like yeah and that's that's my big problem with resident evil movies or, or games is that uh the the uh Audio and video technology has gotten too good. Yeah, and they changed it to first person. And it's just like this is way harder yeah. on my on my senses than it used to be. Yeah, <laughs> like I have to psych myself up to like walk down a hallway. Like yep. I'll pause the game. Yeah, like all right, <laughs> I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna no, walk yeah. down this hallway. <laughs> yeah, I only I'll, I will only play it if Ryan's home, <laughs> just so I can have like other noises around that are outside my yeah. headphones because like. You know, if I, the the so the one that I've been playing as of late was the seventh one, Biohazard, mm-hmm. and you're in like an old New Orleans style mansion, and just the you hear creaks upstairs, but the way that it plays in your headphones, like the surround sound, you, you like you hear it yeah. behind you, and yeah, I have to do the same thing. I just have to like psych myself up. Those games are genuinely still terrifying. Yeah, I'm so close, and I've been so <laughs> close for three months now. And I just have like, I think I have like two parts left, like two chapters. So huh. yeah, I, I just got to do it. Up. I just got to do it. Um, stuff that I like to engage with on the internet besides movies and TV. Uh, the Kill Count, uh, which is a show on the Dead Meat YouTube channel. And they, the Dead Meat is, uh, Dead Meat is comprised of two people who are like horror movie journalists. But they're kind of like shoestring, do it on your own. They don't work for like a huge publication. Uh, I think they've been freelanced out to like different things uh, where they discuss horror movies, but they have a channel uh, and the, the kill count specifically, the whole gimmick behind it is they count kills in movies in horror movies. Um, but really they're like kind of like 20 minute long video essays on certain horror movies. And yeah, they're kind of uh, focused around the filmmaking and the gore effects of movies. Um, but they go through like all the franchises. They usually release one every week. I think they just finished uh, the Friday the 13th franchise, but those mm. are really fun to watch. And they're not scary. They're like done in like a funny kind of yeah. light, lighthearted way. Um, uh, have, you, have you ever gone to the SCP website? I don't think so. Uh, so the SCP, SCP stands for Secure, C- Contain, Protect. And it's a website that's set up like it's, it's SCP hyphen wiki dot wiki dot dot com. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you just Google SCP, it'll pop up. But it's, it's the, the website is set up like an archive, like a government archive of classified information about weird uh, like uh, 
anomalies and or creatures or it could literally be anything and it's an open forum type thing so anyone can go in and write a new scp entry but they're always written in the same way where it's like a wikipedia article and it's like it's the classification they have like a, a rating of danger and then they go through and they say this is what this scp is um this is how you avoid it or this is how you protect yourself from it. And then there's like logs of like personal experiences and stuff like, uh, so uh, like one of my favorites that I've read on here, um, it's a Ikea location. So the entry is an Ikea location that once you go in, you can't get out of. So you, so, and, and there's this in the entry, there's like this whole log of this guy who wrote a journal while he was in there. So he like goes into an Ikea and he feels like he's like, I've definitely been walking for longer than the boundaries of the building. Like I've been walking yeah. miles through this Ikea and no one's here. And he's just in this Ikea that has no one in it and he can't find a way out. And then he ends up like building like a, <laughs> like a, like his own like home in, in the Ikea in like a fortress. And he has to like <laughs> trek to the cafe to get food. And then he ends up seeing Ikea workers that don't have faces like Weird. walking around. And, uh, and so, like the this this IKEA that takes you to another dimension is like one of the entries in this website. And so they got tons and tons of these uh, different like kind of like creepy pasta type things. Um, and it's just a great like kind of rabbit hole to go down if you want to get kind of spooked out. And a lot of them are like really funny too. Um, and then uh, my last thing is something that I just ran into. So there's this guy on YouTube who does this. Uh, he goes by Alt Shift X, and you. I found him because he did uh, like deep dive essays about Game of Thrones. Yeah, I've seen some of those. Yeah, and since Game of Thrones is over, he's kind of run out of content. <laughs> and so he started covering other stuff. And he covered recently this story called The All Tomorrows, which was published as a PDF originally in like 2006. And so I don't think it's had like a physical publication. But The All Tomorrows is a story about um, essentially what happens to humans in the future. And it's told like that, like, this is like, it's almost like someone found this book, like humanity went through this whole thing, started over and we're back to where we were. And then we found this book of like what happened to us in the past billion years. And it's like this cosmic horror thing where essentially earth and Mars colonize. And then as they go to expand their exploration, they're attacked by this cosmic entity called the Q and the Q, their whole job is to go from galaxy to galaxy and bioengineer it the exact way that they want. And so we get into a war with the Q, the Q takes us over and basically splits all of humanity into like these different species all on these like different planets into like these horrifying creatures. And then you go through the story of each of these creatures and how they continue to evolve or just die off. Uh And it is like David Cronenberg body Mm. horror, cosmic horror type stuff it is like super cool what is it called again the all tomorrows the all tomorrows on the alt shift x channel so so if you if i'm pretty sure if you google alt shift x on youtube you'll find the all tomorrows but yeah it's like a 30 minute long dive into the story and it is i I thought it was like what the like what is this This isn't Mm -hmm. it seems kind of silly and then like for two minutes in i was like uh, I don't know if I'm going to be in for this whole thing. <laughs> and then I just got sucked in and it is, and it comes with all these like really creepy illustrations of like how they, they, there's, they literally make a planet of humans where it's just skin with eyes. Mm. So the whole planet is wrapped in human flesh with eyes and like it, they're, they're all sentient too. There's like sentient humans that have been turned to flesh <laughs> and eyes. <laughs> and, uh, and then they, they write a story about how they evolved past that. 
And so it was like a really cool like uh, meditation on like evolution mm-hmm. to over billions of years, but really mm-hmm. creepy. Anyway, that's going to do it for uh, uh, horror pop culture. And now we're going to get into some super, super serious stuff. Um, maybe the most serious thing we'll discuss on the podcast today. And that's Halloween candy. We do love candy. Yes. Uh, it's a huge point of contention around <laughs> this time of year. And uh, we just want to do our due diligence and, uh, you know, adjudicate this properly. So a new article has been uh, circulating local news sites that claims to know which candy is the favorite in every state in the United States. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, this is like the wallet hub thing. Yeah, <laughs> where exactly. It's like, where do they actually get this information? <laughs> So according to this uh, study, which was published on (laughs) candystore.com. A real website. (laughs) Yeah, where they do the hard-hitting studies. Uh, You might be surprised to learn that Utah's favorite candy is the Tootsie Pop. Not the Tootsie Roll, the Tootsie Pop. The Tootsie Pop. The the sucker that is mediocre. (laughs) And then when you get through all the mediocre sucker, you get a Tootsie tootsie roll. Roll, also a mediocre piece of candy, which we'll get into later. But... Uh, I looked into the study and the information basically comes from tracking candy sales Mm -hmm. in each state in the months leading up to Halloween. Uh, And Utah's top three are Tootsie Pops, Jolly Ranchers, and Candy Corn. Um, And... (laughs) (laughs) All pretty basic. Yeah. Like, all all really bad choices. Yeah, and to me, this doesn't give us insight into the tastes of Utahns, Mm -hmm. which is what this would have you think. It's like, oh, they're bland. They like Tootsie Pops. What's going on with that? Like Washington, I think, had like Reese's or something. No, Washington is also Tootsie, oh, Tootsie Pops. Pops? Okay, maybe California, it was, California's got Reese's. Okay, okay, okay <laughs> yeah. California has Reese's. Much better. Yeah, actually most of it, there's like a few places where it's like, yeah, they got it right. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they got it right, right? But you're like, oh, that, that probably is the actual favorite candy because that's an actual good candy. Yeah. But most of the states are just like these crappy candies. But what this says to me is that Utah doesn't have like poor taste in candy. It's that Utah's cheap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Louisiana's lemon heads. I think it, so it could be worse. It could be worse. Um, Tootsie Pop basically says I forgot to shop for <laughs> Halloween and this was all that was left at Harmon's. When yeah. I went. Um, <laughs> Jolly Rancher to me basically says I found these left over from a parade earlier this exactly. year. Exactly. I'm just going to hand them out. <laughs> Enjoy. Yeah. And Candy Corn basically says I like decorating. And I, <laughs> I don't have any interest in handing <laughs> out or eating candy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't know. Did, did, what did you make of this? I mean, I th- kind of thought the same thing that you did, that it was like, all right, first of all, how do you guys, how is this list really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, how do like, they get this information? How is this a thing? Um, but no, I totally agree. I think that the most I've ever had Jolly Ranchers in my life is like at school. Like, I feel like teachers would give you Jolly Ranchers if, like, you didn't fuck up in class or something. Mm -hmm. So that's obviously a bad Halloween candy. Like, you can't even get an assortment pack, you know? Like, I would be willing to bet that's what's sold most more than anything else is, like, the assortment packs. So they can't very well on candystore.com put. You never buy (laughs) one candy usually. Um, And Ryan likes the the cherry Jolly Ranchers. And one time, I think a friend of hers bought her like a huge bulk size of them. And so Mm -hmm. we just had them around the house. And it took like the entire house being out of food (laughs) and snacks and me being violently high to to participate in eating a Jolly Rancher. Um, And still, they're pretty pretty dismal. Yeah. Um, Other uh, facts... I mean, if you could call them facts. facts. I don't know where they're getting this information <laughs> from. On this website, on candystore.com, 
172 million Americans celebrate Halloween. I don't know. Comparatively, is that a lot? No, I feel like, like a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a very, very little. Yeah. Um, <laughs> these facts. <laughs> Among those who celebrate Halloween, 96% will buy candy. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, most uh, Halloween shopping is done in the first two weeks of October. I feel like all these are made up. Yeah, who Halloween shops? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe just for candy. And again, I think that's, I mean, I do that last minute. Like yeah, I still haven't bought candy for Halloween. Um, in Oregon, full-size candy bars are the norm for trick-or-treaters to receive. Wow. I guess we would need someone to kind of verify that. Yeah. Um, over 50% of parents stash some Halloween candy to enjoy later in the year. Okay. Yeah, these are these <laughs> Where are, are they getting very, this information? Yeah. <laughs> How <do> they? <laughs> That's not in the census. <laughs> I, I love that they say that $3 billion is spent on Halloween candy purchasing. That's so much money. Yeah. Why don't we put that towards something productive? Yeah, I agree. So uh, now it's now it's our turn to uh, talk about what our favorite Halloween candies are. And we're not going to talk about, we're not going to make like a list. We're going to, I mean, we're going to do a tier ranking yeah. of the best Halloween candies. Um, and there is like a little bit of a caveat in that. Like, I mean, I don't know if you did this, but I was trying to specifically think of candies that I got for Halloween. Yeah, me too. You know, it so wasn't like, yeah, I'm not going to put like, kazoozles. you know, kazoozles in, yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and water, Sour Patch watermelons weren't yeah. the norm. I mean, yeah. that would be cool. I probably did yeah. get them every once in a while, but, but yeah, it has to be Halloween oriented. Yeah. Um, so let's just go, we'll start with S tier and we'll work our way to F tier. So S tier, this is the God tier candy. Yeah. This is the, this is not on the trading table. Mm-hmm. This gets stashed away and probably eaten last. Um, so where do you, what are your S tier candies? I'd put Reese's in basically any form. So peanut butter cup, pumpkin, mini. I think all we of can, them. and I think we can have this conversation now. I think the Reese's peanut butter pumpkin might be the all time greatest candy ever. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And Wait, Halloween candy or candy? Period. No, Halloween candy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I yeah. agree. That's a such a much more complex conversation, <laughs> Halloween or candy ever. Yeah, yeah, but. Reese's peanut butter pumpkins. Yeah. Um, a wonderful uh, ratio. Yeah. Great chocolate to peanut butter ratio. I'd say a little bit more peanut butter heavy. It is more peanut butter heavy. Yeah. And uh, just the, you know, it's a pumpkin. It's festive, you know? Mm-hmm. And and there is something to that. There is something to, like, having something that you only get at a specific time of year. Like, I mean, a lot of people think these are gross, but do you know those, like... <laughs> You know, they're like chocolate sticks and they have like orange jelly in them and you get them around the holidays. Oh, yeah. Like I only eat those around the holidays and they're pretty sure. gross, but I love them. It's well, like same with like a chocolate orange. I only eat those yeah. around Christmas time and yeah. I don't even know if they're good, but like, yeah, I'll eat the shit out of it. Yeah. And maybe this is the power of like marketing or something. But when you do get the peanut butter pumpkin like candy, you're mm-hmm. like, ooh. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I think that's it. I think that's the best. That's the that's the S of the S tier candy. I think so. I also put Kit Kat down because I'm a big Kit Kat fan. So I Kit Kat was on my S tier and I moved it down for one specific reason. Um, and that's I think it, it's like it, it's never quite satisfying because mm-hmm. if you get it in the fun size, I think the sticks are actually smaller than the normal sticks. Yeah. And you still get two of them, but they're two smaller sticks. And I'm always like, ah, I need more Kit Kat. I want some more Kit Kat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fun size Twix. I think, I think, are, I think are S tier. I put those in my solid tier. My, okay. my, my, my next tier down. Yeah. And, 
sometimes I think that a regular size Twix can be a little too much. You know, it's like mm-hmm. it overstays, overstays its welcome a little too bit. Too much caramel. Yeah. But the fun size Twix is like a great amount of Twix. Absolutely. You know, especially to get a couple of them. And then Sour Patch Kids was the third one that I put in my S tier. Yep. And I totally see it. Yeah. I, th- I think, I, yeah. I think if you get Sour Patch Kids anywhere, you're like, oh. Um, I took out Tootsie Rolls from my S tier because you called them mediocre earlier. You put I, Tootsie I, Rolls I, in I your S tier? I, I cut. And <laughs> no, make your case. I cut and paste. They're so good. Uh. <laughs> All And I didn't even put just the chocolate one. I want the Tootsie, like, fruit chews, too. The vanilla is not that good. I'll give you that. But the strawberry, the lime, those uh. are the lemon. Those are delicious candies. Okay, we're going to have a well, – we'll, We'll get back to, they're on my list. We'll get back to Tootsie Rolls, but I feel bad. You don't let me influence you, man. Well, I just, (laughs) I I moved it down. I moved it down. I felt like, well, maybe it's not quite as good as Reese's. Um, Okay. A tier. So A tier would be solid, you know, Mm -hmm. you you might, you might trade it, but you gotta, you you gotta, you gotta get something really good back in return. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, Kit Kat, uh, Snickers, I think goes into pretty solid A tier. That's fair. Uh, you get Snickers. They're, they're like the little squares. Mm-hmm. But you usually end up with a lot of them. Like it's a yeah. popular candy. So I think you get your fill on Snickers. Um, and then same with Butterfinger, which is also in my age. I love Butterfinger. Yeah, yeah, me too. I put Butterfinger in the solid, but I put Snickers in the decent. Okay. And those are a lot of those are like really easily swapped for me. Like yeah. my, my candy bar rankings switch on a dime. So like... I don't really love like Three Musketeers too much anymore. I used to when I was a kid in Milky Way. I don't love that too mm-hmm. much anymore. But like your Snickers, your Butterfingers, your Crunch Bars, like those can all be yeah kind of swapped around here and there. But I did put Butterfinger in solid. Yeah, and that's why I think doing the the uh, going down the rankings this way is more interesting because S tier is kind of gonna be like you know we got the classics. Yeah. And they never change, and they're they're the staples of Halloween. And I think when, once we get into the like lower tiers, that's where the conversation starts to get really interesting. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, A tier, I I would say yeah, this is your 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 Snickers, give or take a Kit Kat if that's not in your S tier. Uh, Butterfingers. This is my controversial A tier choice. Um, Almond Joy. I knew you were an Almond Joy man. Yeah. I'm just a coconut guy, and if you're not a coconut person, I like I I, I get it. I not get it. Yeah. not at all offensive, but not really yeah. anything that I'm like going to grab if it's available. I will say I will go and grab some Laffy Taffy, which is in my A tier, mm-hmm. specifically the the strawberry Laffy Taffy. Yeah, you get to tell a joke. Yeah, you get to the life <laughs> of the party for a minute, and yeah. then you get to chew on some Laffy Taffy. That man, I haven't had. See, the, some of these candies are like literally candies that I would only eat at Halloween, so I don't have them anymore. Yeah, like yeah. ever, <laughs> I can't remember the last time I had a Laffy Taffy. It but probably I was st- for Halloween, honestly. I can still feel how they feel in my mouth though after you're done eating one Specifically of them. Specifically the banana one. Yeah, there's like a film to it. Yeah, that like mm-hmm. coats your mouth. Um, yeah, and I would say the the last thing about Almond Joy too that is if you're not an <laughs> Almond Joy person, uh huh, keep the Almond Joys because it's a great bargaining chip. Yeah. For the people that like them. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. You can get to someone's heart with an Almond Joy. <laughs> um, like three people. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Okay. Uh, B tier. So B tier is going to be our decent, passable mm-hmm. candy bars. Um, so my first one is Three Musketeers. Okay. I'd say bonus points if you go dark. I like a dark Three Musketeers. I'm not even sure what that is. Or no, now I'm thinking. I'm thinking Milky Way. So oh, Milky the Milky Way, Way Midnight. Ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Milky Way Midnight. That's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> Three Musketeers and Milky Way to me are kind of interchangeable. They very much. Even are. though they're very different, they're, uh, on quality they're like kind of interchangeable. Yeah. 
I think so too. I got Starburst in here. Starburst, I have on a different. They have a, <laughs> they have like the two pack, the yeah, two yeah. pack Starburst. If you get those two, if you get two pink, you're living life. If you get a pink and a yellow, you're also living right. Yeah. And orange and red, I can do without. I'm not a cherry guy. Orange yeah. is too basic for me a lot of the times. And Starburst to me, so just spoiler alert, Star, Starburst is on my D tier. Okay. And the reason is, is that I this is the kind of candy that gives you ticks, that gets you addicted to like lottery scratchers. Uh huh. Just so much disappointment opening those two packs of Starburst. Yeah, and finding the wrong You're ones like, in there. Two orange? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> two orange, three times in a row. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's just a lot of potential disappointment for me in a two pack of Starburst. Um, I love Mike and Ike's. I put Mike and Ike's in my decent. I after I made my list, I realized that I had left the Mike and Ike kind of hot tamale mm-hmm. candies out, and I would say that Mike and Ike's is definitely B tier. Like, I love Mike and Ike's. Yeah. I think they're pretty good. I also put Junior Mints and Nerds in this tier. Junior Mints? Okay, I love Junior Mints. So I love Junior Mints, yeah. too. It feels a little more, given that it's a mint, it feels a little more uh, Christmas-oriented. Like, I very yeah. specifically left York Peppermint Patties off of here, despite the fact that they're, like, so good. one of my favorite Probably, candies. like, if we're talking candy, they're probably at least mm-hmm. A-tier. Yeah. Um, but there are, like, the very specific Halloween, like, the orange-filling Junior yeah. Mints that I used to yeah. get. And nerds, I fucking love nerds. Yeah, nerds, ner- <laughs> yeah. And <clears throat> there is something very childhood, Halloween, they're, they're like nostalgic about crushing a little box of nerds. Mm-hmm. Just like slamming one back, you know? One bite. <laughs> yeah, I love nerds too. Um, and they've gotten better with their innovations. You know, the nerds yeah, ropes. Yeah, the nerds rope those, is pretty like, great. clusters. <laughs> yeah. I had a whole, whole bag of those giant nerds in... Uh, <laughs> In mesquite. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, (laughs) big dumb, big dumb nerds. Yeah, big dumb nerds. Uh, M and M's I have in B tier. Yeah, I I don't see. This is the other thing that I realized when we were writing this or going through this too, which was uh, we haven't gone trick or treating in so long. Yeah, I I wonder what the candy game is like these days. Like, because specifically with M and M's, there's so many different kinds of M and M's. Right, and I don't know if they make them all in the fun size. Yeah, but like. You would get the peanut M&Ms every now and then, mm-hmm. you know? And to me, that was a win. But yeah, that's like, a huge now, win. Now, like, are they giving people, like, mint M&Ms or crunchy yeah. M&Ms? Fudge brownie ones. Yeah. All over the place with these M&Ms. Um, and then my kind of out of the out of the left field B tier candy, caramel apple lollipops. Oh, delicious. Dude, I love a caramel apple yeah. lollipop. Also, one of those things that I felt like I only got around Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought a whole bag of them last year and just ate them all. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Dang, are they still good? <laughs> yeah, they're still Damn. good. <laughs> and I like those because caramel, my, my gripe with caramel oftentimes is like, like I can't do milk duds a lot because mm-hmm. they just, I chew them. Yeah. I won't chew on the lollipop. Yeah. So I can kind of melt the no. caramel down. I yeah, can no, down. no worries of teeth. Yeah. Which is yeah. what you're going to find in my very last tier is just a yeah. bunch of shit that I don't want. <laughs> okay, so C tier. This is, uh, these are the, um, I, I might eat. Yeah. I might eat these, but I'm, I might throw a couple of them away. If I'm desperate. If I'm desperate, I might eat a couple of these. Uh, Skittles is in my C tier. Okay. And I, I like Skittles. I think there's a lot of people that ride for Skittles, but- when you're trick-or-treating, you're probably only going to get the red pack. Yeah, and that's the issue. Red pack's yeah. just not nothing to write home about. And is it lime? Is it green apple? What's going on there? <laughs> it should be lime. It should be lime. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, also, I think that there's something to be said about Halloween, at least in Utah. Halloween's a cold, typically a cold time, and, like, Skittles are just going to be really hard. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I agree. So. Um, 
Smarties. I put Smarties in this same category. C-tier. Yeah. Not the best. I'll always eat them though. Mm-hmm. Like those are the ones that I will always yeah. eat. Um, I put I have, Jolly yeah. Ranchers here. Yeah, Jolly Ranchers. I yeah, that's in my F tier. Yeah, <laughs> that's in my yeah. That 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 like ruins my teeth. I don't have like. I don't find hard candy of any sort to be like the worst thing. It's just yeah. I'm fine with like putting something in my mouth and yeah. just oh, here we go putting something in my mouth and sucking on it. But <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, that's a, I think that's a sign of someone getting old. Yeah. Is like <laughs> your patience with chewing on candy gets bigger, and like that's why you go to your grandparents' house and it's just all hard candy. It's a great way to. I have found that it's a great way to like kill a craving. Yeah. Having one Jolly Rancher as opposed to me just like inhaling a sleeve of Oreos. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's a decent trade off. Or a bag of big dumb nerds. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <clears throat> also, I have milk duds on C tier uh, for a couple of reasons. One, the, the caramel thing. I love milk duds taste wise. Mm-hmm. And I probably eat them more at a movie theater than yeah. anywhere else. Um, you get caramel in your teeth, but also specifically with Halloween, you get the boxes of milk duds, which literally only come with like two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which has always been a bizarre packaging choice. What's what's to me. the point? Yeah, um, D tier. So this is probably not going to probably eat. not going to eat. I'm just going to toss it. Um, now this is where we get into my tootsie pops and rolls mm-hmm. in both the fruit or the chocolate category. Though I will say that some of the fruit tootsie rolls are pretty fire. Oh, I so like, good. I like the lime ones a the lot. The lime one is delicious. Yeah. There's like a raspberry one that's delicious. Yeah. Just throw van- vanilla away and give all of yeah, the Yeah, the vanilla of them ones, me. dude. The vanilla ones haunt me. Yeah, Those are very that's gross. the worst Tootsie Roll mm-hmm. out of any Tootsie product. <laughs> Period. Um Starburst again for the disappointment. Um Sixlets. Do you remember Sixlets? Sixlets I have on F tier. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. <laughs> yeah. I got so those sixlets here in, in, your D in, tier. The, in the probably not eating. When was yeah. the last time you had Sixlets? I don't know. When I was six, yeah. maybe. <laughs> if, if people are listening right now and you're like, what the hell are they talking about? These were the candies that came in like a tiny sleeve, like as long as your finger. And they had probably like eight tiny chocolate balls yeah. covered in candy. <laughs> yeah, really they gross chocolate. They weren't M&Ms. They weren't Whoppers. They were just like this really gross chocolate yeah. like ball thing. Um, and they came in different colors. And the colors didn't mean anything to the flavor. It no. was just all cardboard chocolate. Um, I put candy corn in here too. Okay. I like candy that. Candy corn is such a, like a hot button issue yeah. e- every year now. Um, it's, it's, I'm, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I'm getting older, but Are I'm you, just, I'm getting so sick of the food arguments that everyone yeah. needs to be in every, every time. Yeah. Um, pineapple pizza, all of these things. Yeah. Uh, it's like, why it's like, do we really care that much about candy corn? Yeah. And to me, candy corn, like I said earlier, when I'm like, if someone's putting out candy corn, it's probably a decoration. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Katie. <laughs> I, and I like candy corn, oh, but I'll make fun of it. It's like it's like a silly. I mean, I, I just don't. I, I don't mm-hmm. see people who, who even people that like candy corn aren't like devoted to candy corn. Yeah. You know, and maybe we'll hear some feedback from people who are like, candy corn's my shit. And the thing is, is that it doesn't look or taste anything like real corn, which is delicious. Yeah. So that's my biggest <laughs> so issue. They just went with the corn yeah. concept for a candy. Um, yeah. And I, the reason I left it off my list is because I also don't think it's something that you actually run into trick-or-treating a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't think so either. Do like they make what small are, packages yeah. of candy corn? I think maybe sometimes you'd get those, but most of the time you have to buy like a big bag. A, of, a giant-ass bag of candy yeah. corn. And that, and if like 
if someone gives you a handful of can- loose candy corn and dumps it in your trick-or-treat bag. <laughs> you got to run. Like kids, go to the cops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is, again, sociopathic behavior. That that person's going back inside to watch a Christmas movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay, let's get to our – oh, wait, no, no, no. I got one more D tier. Uh, this is kind of a, a, a three – it's like the same company, but it's a kind of a three-peat. Uh, Hershey's. Okay. Mr. Goodbar. Okay. And Hershey's Kisses. I can get down that with is, some Hershey's uh, Kisses, honestly. D tier chocolate. I'm just, <laughs> and maybe I'm just getting snobby, but this is funny, like, because my snobbiness is just what I would call Midwest snobbiness. Yeah. <laughs> where it's like people who are into chocolate don't really like Ghirardelli. Yeah. You know? And that's to me, I'm like, oh, fancy. <laughs> Even though it's pretty mass produced commercial chocolate. You got to um, get that like 80% cacao. Yeah. I mean, Hershey's has some, like, I like, I like the, uh, like the cookies and cream, mm-hmm. like those are good. Those are delicious. Who buys a Hershey's bar, For other than s'mores or something like that? Um, my girlfriend's favorite candy is Hershey's with almond. Oh, really? Yeah. I guess I, I kind of get it with the almond, but let's like, roast Danny. Yeah, let's roast Danny. <laughs> roast Danny segment. We should get some music. Uh, no, what? Is, yeah, what is she doing? Do you buy ever buy her good chocolate? No, I don't think so. Maybe uh. I should try to buy her some chocolate. You show her the way. I don't know. Do you know the way? <laughs> no, I'm over here. I'm over here eating Tootsie Rolls, dude. Hey, man, just go to go get some Ghirardelli, man. <laughs> Living it up. Um, okay, F tier. F tier. F tier is candy that if they give you, you should take direct offense to. Mm-hmm. Again, call the cops. Do something to their house. These people are getting toilet papered. Um So the first one, and, and again, a lot of these are because they're like injury inducing. Yeah. <laughs> So double bubble was like one of the first ones that came up. Yep. I got a lot of this when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. This is probably in the same vein as like Tootsie Pops and Jolly Ranchers where it's like, this is last minute. I just bought a bucket of this at the Dollar Tree. Exactly. Yeah. It's Ugh. just the hardest gum you've ever Ugh. put in your mouth. Yeah. And by the time it softens up, the flavor's gone. Mm-hmm. It is so bad. I will say that the bubble gum flavor is not bad, but it's like, we need to, we need to update this. This Absolutely. is it's trash. Absolutely. Sugar, um, sugar babies or sugar daddies. Either yeah. one. Yeah. I don't want it. No. I don't want any part of it. Yeah. That's a, that's another tooth thing. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I do have milk duds in this in this tier because I just don't want them. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I'm not going to ride for milk duds. In fact, now that I see this, I, sh- I should put that on D tier. I don't know why I put it up so high. Um, I'm ashamed. Uh, sixlets. Yeah, we talked about those. Welcome. Uh, they, I think they've... Uh, all but disappeared from American culture, but yeah. whoever's out there just needs to, who has the power to, um, pull the plug Absolutely. <laughs> on this dying brand, please do. Um, and then Jolly Ranchers. Yeah. I just catapult them into the sun. Yeah. Remember the thing, like they, they said that you could lick a Jolly Rancher and put it on someone's windshield. Uh huh. And if they try to break it off, it would shatter their windshield. <laughs> if a candy can do that, you shouldn't be serving it to people. <laughs> very true. I never tried that though. That's <laughs> so very true. That's, we'll have to MythBusters that one day. I put dots in here, but wow! Just a week ago, I was talking about how much I like tropical dots. <laughs> These are very different things. This is, so this is funny. I was looking at dots, <clears throat> and I didn't put them in there because I was like, I, like I could have an opinion about dots, but I feel like they don't. They don't take up too much space in the, the old candy bag. Uh-huh. And then I was like, hey, and then Dan was talking about the dots last week. So I, I, I don't need to shit on dots. <laughs> but you actually are like the the regular dots. The standard dots are pretty bad. I don't like the standard dots yeah. whatsoever, but I like the tropical dots quite a bit. So that's interesting. It's not like a, the gumdrop 
the like kind of gummy gumdrop isn't mm-hmm. the, the problem. It's the flavor. Yeah. Okay. The flavor. And I do think that like it will get stuck in your teeth quite a bit, yeah. you know? And I also have Whoppers in here. I do not like Whoppers. Yeah. I like Whoppers, but yeah. <clears throat> I'm not probably, I'm probably not going to like jump after them. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, it's definitely like one of those bottom of the bag candies uh, or like, you know, when your parents are like, Hey, I give it candy tax. It's like, you yeah. have the Whoppers, get out. Yeah. You're not taking, <laughs> don't touch the Reese's pumpkins. Have dude. the Worthers. Oh my God. And you remember that? Do you remember your parents taking your candy? Mm-hmm. And like, they're like, here, let me just let me just snag, snag a piece of candy. And then they grab like the Reese's pumpkin. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh my God, what are you doing? <laughs> Destroying my, that's, I think, I think those moves by parents have been the result of a lot of millennial therapy. That's right. Or have led to a lot of millennial therapy. Anyway, that's our list. We should probably make a graphic and put it up somewhere. Yeah, we could do yeah, that. We can make it, make a tier list graphic and then uh, you can comment and tell us whether you uh, agree or not. How about we do that for the YouTube comments today? If you're commenting on YouTube. Let us know uh, what where we went wrong or what your favorite candy is. Yeah, let us know. Um, okay, so just to wrap things up, I wanted to have a little conversation about Halloween as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, we just talked about candy for like a half hour. <laughs> <laughs> and that part of our Halloween traditions is mostly gone. Yeah. I'll, I'll still find an excuse to eat a bunch of candy around this time of year, but um, don't you def- we don't have the traditions that we used to have. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I thought it would be an interesting conversation to kind of just discuss what Halloween is like as an adult. Um, And so speaking of trick-or-treaters, by the way, there's been this whole thing in Utah with uh, Halloween being on a Saturday or Sunday. Mm -hmm. Um, And looking into it, I actually, like, I thought this uh, this was going to be kind of a problem, but it doesn't seem to be that big of a problem. Right. In fact, so like I would say the local temperature on the issue is that people are or very few people are drawing like lines mm-hmm. on just kind of milk toast. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, we're going to do it this night, but we're going to respect both nights cause we've got the candy. So if anyone comes around Saturday or Sunday, it's fine. Sure. Um, I was like going into like other threads from like different cities. Like I went into Reddit threads and, um, like threads from like Texas or mm-hmm. Colorado or whatever. People are like, are we doing it on Saturday or Sunday? And everyone's like, what are you talking about? It's on Sunday. Yeah. It's Halloween. This isn't, yeah. It's Halloween. <laughs> But it is, it's like a kind of a big problem here Yeah, um, because a lot of people don't want to celebrate on Sunday. Um, but the biggest argument that I've seen for this whole thing is that it's just not on a, it's an, it's not a school night. That doesn't really, that doesn't really do mm-hmm. it for me personally. Yeah. I mean, do, do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. I don't care that much. Uh, yeah. I'm as an apartment person, I don't get a lot of trick or treaters. Yeah. Um, but if Halloween was on a Wednesday, you're not going to like wait till Friday. It feels like the whole school night thing is more about like parties than, yeah. than actual. Yeah. It's about the adults now. Yeah. <laughs> but exactly. Do you remember, did you ever get to skip school the night after Halloween? Like not, if that it was, I, not that I can think of. I remember doing that one time. Like it was like a, a Friday. It was, mm-hmm. it was like Halloween was on a Thursday, but Halloween was always on like school night. Yeah. You know? Like if rarely it fell on the weekend. Um, and that was like one of the best parts. Like you got to do something fun at school and then yeah. go do Halloween that night. And so I don't, yeah, I kind of don't, I mean, again, this doesn't really affect me because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> trick or treating these days. Um, but it did make me kind of happy to see that people were kind of embracing both sides of it. Obviously sure. you're going to have people who are like, don't come to my house on Sunday. Yeah. I'm doing it on Saturday. I'm drawing this hard line. I'm watching succession. Yeah. <laughs> That's what, <laughs> definitely what I'll be doing. Um, um, but yeah, people outside the state uh, actually have more staunch views on it and it's mm-hmm. just like stick to Halloween. 
Um, but yeah, same with me as an apartment dweller. I don't see like we bought candy the first year we moved into our apartment mm-hmm. and like, I think one person came. Oh, wow. That's surprising. Point, I even. just like, we had one person and then like an hour went by and I was like, I kind of don't want to get up yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to take a huge bowl of candy and just put it out there. Yeah. And I didn't even put like a note or anything. I was just like, do it like whatever you want. Just take it. Um, but, um, is, is, is like actually serving trick or treaters something you like look forward to? When we lived in sugar house, mm-hmm. we, we had some trick or treaters that would come by yeah. and it brought me some joy to give out like huge handfuls of yeah. candy. Yeah. Cause that's just like, man, I remember being a kid and being so excited right. when people would give me a, a heaping helping. Yeah. So. I agree. And I think it's uh, maybe we're getting into this territory where, you know, if we're talking to people who are still single kind of, uh, you know, apartment living, you know, they haven't started a family yet. Mm-hmm. Single adult people. It's probably a lame conversation, but like, I actually like that the vibe of that night, yeah. like having kids in costumes come by. It reminds you of the time that you used to do it. And yeah, you know, if, it takes very little to make a kid like way happy for sure. And um, I always thought the, the the conversation of like should adults be allowed to go trick or treating is kind of a stupid one mm-hmm. because it's like, well, if all the adults start trick or treating, it's going to become about adults pretty fast. Yeah, it's going to turn into a pub crawl. <laughs> but then if that happens, who's going to hand out candy? That's right. So it's like it's kind of on adults to make it fun for kids. Mm-hmm. Um. Um. But yeah, I think I, I like I, I, I it's something that I kind of I wish I was living in a house for is like I want to have trick or treaters come by. Yeah, and I actually thought because my my grandma is getting up there, and uh, she I, I you know just thinking of, she lives in a very residential family mm-hmm. neighborhood in Roy, and so I'm like oh man that'd be kind of fun just to go to her house. Yeah, and I'll man the door at, for her. You know, there you go. and so I'm th- thinking about doing that. But um, so as far as adult Halloween goes, we just. You just threw a Halloween party. Yeah. You and you and Annie. Yep. Mostly <clears throat> Annie. And she pulled a move that I loved, which was costumes required. Um, it was very she was like adamant. The this the staunch we you have to get in to get in, that is your entry ticket. You have to have mm-hmm. a, a costume. Which I, I like that move because uh um I think I had this thought this over the past week where when you go out to a party, like let's 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 just use you as an example. Sure. You're going out to a party. Friends are going to be there. What do you, it's not Halloween. It's just a regular weekend thing. Like, are you going to maybe put on something a little more snazzy? Like, are you going to kind of try to have a little bit of drip or something, you know, before you go yeah. out? Yeah. Yeah. Try to do your, you know, look nice. Put on a little cologne. Yeah. And a lot of choices and stuff go into that. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. And, and I guess we would think of that as part of our identity, but I actually think you can learn a lot more about someone based on what they choose to wear to a costume party. I think you know? that's fair. And, um, <clears throat> I also think there's this thing with, um, Halloween parties where since everyone just looks goofy mm-hmm. and silly, it's kind of disarming. Sure. And I think it allows for a lot, m- like it kind of, it kind of, uh, lubricates the social situation. Yeah. You know? I think so. Um, so I, I realized after this last week, that this was the last, the first costume party that I'd been to in a long time. Mm-hmm. And after leaving, I was like, man, I, I'm a huge fan of those. Yeah. I actually am. They're fun. Yeah. It's hard to have a bad time. Like I've, there were a couple of times my apartment's pretty small. There were a couple of times where like the, the, the smallness of my apartment and the noise level 
got to me for a minute, and mm-hmm. then I just like would look down, and I'm in a hot dog costume. It's hard to be. Yeah. It's hard to be stressed when you're in a hot dog costume. Yeah, try getting mad at someone else. Like, <laughs> yeah. you're going to yell at someone <laughs> in a hot dog costume. You're not going to struggle to find, like, conversation points for someone who's dressed as a giant ant. Yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> yeah, the, your, your icebreaker's right there. That's right. And so I think more people need to just have have, have a solid costume party. Yeah. And uh, maybe maybe we could fit more costume parties. Let's have a costumed Thanksgiving or Friendsgiving. Let's do it. <laughs> or, the, uh, or have a Halloween-themed Christmas party. That's... Like you there said, you, the, go. you reversed it at the top <laughs> of the podcast. Now we're taking it the other way. Um, so, yeah. So, th- I mean, that's when uh, really it's about trick or treating. It's kind of like, it's kind of about the kids. Yeah. It's kind of about the neighborhood kids. But um, I, I do think that like Halloween largely is about just the vibe mm-hmm. and how can you play into that and how can you have fun with it in a way that you don't get to the rest of the year. Um and I guess Christmas is a lot like that, except the vibe has gone too far to where it's like turned into this like commercial nightmare. For sure. And that's why I still love Halloween more than Christmas because it's not so much pressure. It's like, yeah, participate if you want, mm-hmm. but if you want to, and if you want to go hard, there's like nothing wrong with that. And people aren't going to, you know, no, no you, one's going to yeah. judge you. Everybody's yeah. going to think really highly of you. Yeah. So I was thinking about like, what, what are like other traditions adults could do? Um, to kind of like enjoy Halloween. And we've talked about movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you really are like an adult who's like, I wish I could go trick or treating. It's like, dude, you like, if you have a normal paying job, you can buy all the candy you want. Yeah. Like, that's very true. like <laughs> <laughs> you could, you could go, you could go out and just like show everyone up by filling a pillowcase with candy and just like, you know, I guess, it, I, I guess it's, it's, it's not as fun as like walking around people's <laughs> houses, but also at this point in my life, I don't know if I just want to like, bother, bother people. Yeah. Um, I did read on this uh, Reddit forum, someone was talking about how for the past few years, they'll just go out at night on Halloween night and they'll dress up like Michael Myers and they'll just walk around and kind of be a vibe. <laughs> I love it. And I was like, uh, it, it kind of brought me to that thing. I was like, cause stranger danger is so high right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, is that a thing that you could get away with in this day and age? <laughs> and I'm like, I think you kind of could. On Halloween, yeah. Yeah. And um, I think he said in the forum, he was like, I, I just, I walk around and I kind of goof goof on people. And a lot of people just take pictures and just like hang out. And I, I, he's like, I don't creep or anything like that. Yeah. I just, you know, walk around and then like, you know, if I catch a kid like looking at me, then I'll do something spooky and then I'll talk and I'll like, yeah. speak to people. And so, uh, <laughs> but I, I just like that idea of kind of playing mm-hmm. into it as a community, just kind of playing into that. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. So I don't know. How, how could we, how could we, how could we make the Halloween vibes better in Utah? I think if we just had like a, an annual festival of some sort, whether it is, renting out or like, you know, doing something at a park or doing something at the state fair park or something where they just kind of like set up a reel for a weekend, you know, Mm -hmm. almost like the Utah state fair. You just have this entirely Halloween based thing, face painting, haunted houses, weird mirror stuff. You know what I mean? All in one spot. Yeah. Just put it all in one spot. Not at like the Miller motor speedway or whatever, but like centralized. (laughs) Yeah. And you can have a good time. If you could do it in a place, even if you could do it somewhere like downtown where like Mm -hmm. the business has kind of participated in it. Yeah. Um, And maybe that's what I'm really getting to here is that everything that is kind of tradition with Halloween, like the costumes, the 
the the the kind of celebrating fear, mm-hmm. which also kind of ties into not being afraid of it, like playing into it, like it, you know. We're not going to worry about the guy in the mask today. Yeah. (laughs) But if we saw that any other day, it would be freaky. Um, Sorry. Um, I think that uh, just an excuse to kind of basically disarm yourself. I'm I'm not in a cosplay or anything Mm -hmm. like that, but I had fun dressing up. Yeah. It was fun. And seeing all my friends dressed up. Um, And I think that kind of – it just kind of gives us an opportunity to – be a little bit more open. I don't know if that's the, even the right word, but it's like, it's an excuse to be social, but we've also added this extra goofy element to it that everyone's participating in. And so people just take things less serious. Yeah. You know, I think it's a great opportunity to do that. And it, spe- specifically in a way that like Christmas doesn't do that. Like if you want to have a party the day before or the day after Christmas, no one's coming. No, <laughs> it's so stressful yeah. and it's so exhausting. And Halloween is just not like that. And that's why I, that's, that's why I love it. Yeah, I think that that's great. Um, so anyway, that concludes our discussion about Halloween. What, man, how, how long have we been going? Quite a while, I, I would say. We got ourselves an episode here. Yeah, quite an episode. Uh, hope you stuck th- stuck with us throughout the whole thing. Um, spooktacular. Yeah, it's, a, it's, our, it's our, our Holy Hive Spooktacular. Um, anyway, uh, remember you can subscribe to us on YouTube at Oddly Utah. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Oddly Utah, and we'll be back next week.